0: Everybody, welcome to Improv FAQ at Length. This is a series Uh-oh. of conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Casada. Bob is out on a, a, a well deserved trip up north, a little vacation. And um, we are taking this opportunity to have Nicole Schroeder and uh, nope.
1: Oh my God. Are you serious? (laughs) Are you serious
0: right now? Wow. I thought 100% that that was was on
1: purpose. Yeah,
2: me too. I was like, that was such a good, like a funny bit to do. Um, I'll add my
1: last name in here.
0: Nope.
2: Wow.
0: Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) This could not be a more perfect start to a more perfect day.
2: But honestly, it has a ring to it. Yeah.
0: Uh Julia Schroeder and Nicole Pascaretto, welcome. <laughs> um, oh,
2: thank you so much. Thanks for thanks
1: for having us. Nicole,
2: are you okay? Yeah, sorry. I was accidentally playing the show in my head. Like it, <laughs> the Facebook was playing in my ears and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm the- back. <laughs> this is going to be a show and tell episode where we talk about shows that we've been part of and what we learned from them, and of course, this will be about the Parent Trap, Lord of the Twins trilogy, um, which this year, it, what, what was the first year? Was it two thousand fourteen or fifteen? <laughs> I think fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. I think Whoa. it's been
1: that's nice. going on
0: five years, that's which is wild. crazy. Um, and so just to give a, a brief description up top of what the show is before we talk about it, uh, L- Parent Trap, Lord of the Twins trilogy is a two-woman written show of about 45 minutes long, and uh, it features Julia and Nicole reenacting and retelling the story of the Parent Trap movie, the Lindsay Lohan version, of course.
2: 98? And,
0: yeah. Uh, and the telling and reenactment has Lord of the Rings woven into it throughout. So there's themes of Lord of the Rings, um, which basically the the idea is for the two of you to uh, compare how epic of a movie and story the Parent Trap is uh, for you to Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, obviously.
2: Totally.
1: Also, quick side <laughs> note: I we we recently did. Rewatch uh, um, Lord of the Rings, or James and I did, but it really reinforced for me like what <laughs> this show, and uh, yeah, how comparatively um, epic the Parent Trap is to the Lord of the Rings trilogy for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh okay, I can see by by the second and third movie, you're like, I, oh, Lord of the Rings is catching up to the Parent Trap, and then by the end of the third Perfect. one, you're like, the trilogy. As a whole, does compare to
1: 1998's. (laughs) Once you (laughs) get to the end, yeah. And like, you know, people have died and they're, yeah, the stakes are just so high to the point where it's like, okay, now we can, now they're in the same ballpark. Uh,
0: Yes, absolutely. So, so uh, we're going to get to this, the story behind the parent trap. Before we do that, uh, three things. One, boom hello from secondly um if you are watching uh, this is improv faq and uh we want to make this as as much of an interactive experience that's why we're doing it live so as we go through the story of um how parent trap came, came to be and what we learned from it i should also mention that um I directed the show, so yeah, he through, did. Uh, we will be a very progressively... special show
2: and tell series today because we're all here.
0: Yeah.
2: We're all interviewing each other. Kind of. Yeah. A little bit. And you're interviewing us. So you or comment. And I'm saying that nicely in a nice way,
1: in a nice way. We're also interviewing you in a nice way. Get ready.
0: Bring the questions. No, no holds barred. Ask me <laughs> anything. Um, but, uh,
2: ask me anything.
0: Anyway, so as the three of us tell tell the story of the show and what we learned from it, uh, if you are watching, please feel free to ask questions if you got them. Uh, we'll be happy to answer any that we don't cover on our own. Um, uh, I think that was two things, but let's say that I forgot the third thing and just go to the story of how this show came to be.
1: Totally. I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer to start us off. So, set the scene, 2015, I, I Nicole and I had, we were, we were, we were buds by then and we had realized, uh, like, you know, a lot of millennials that we have a shared passion for the parent trap, but like anything that involves Nicole and me, it was just sort of heightened to the fact where like, I don't know, we had to do something about it, um, uh, So, we would always quote it. We would always do. We would always just like talk about how much we loved it. And then, I think the like the ticker was um, James. You were a uh, guest judge on a in a forensics tournament, and you were like, you you had been telling us that like this is such a cool uh, art form, and we should like it or whatever. I'm talking about forensics, which is competitive speech and acting. Um, And so I went to go see the tournament that you were judging and there are like a bunch of different events inside of this forensics tournament but the thing that really stuck out to me was um, like these duos and and multiples who um, correct me once I get all of this wrong, but these these like... um, groups of performers who would take some sort of piece of art or a story or whatever and perform it can basically condense it and, and perform it in, in like a, you know, a certain amount of time. And so yeah. I saw this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah.
0: It, it's a high school performance. Um, they're, they're on the acting side taking literature of any kind, which includes drama with a script. Um, and uh, cut what we do, what we call cutting it down to 15 minutes, which happens to be the time limit for a performance. So you could do a selection of scenes from a thing or really whatever you want to do with the script to cut it down. Most people in those duos and multiples choose to condense a full story down to 10 or 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, totally. And it, and it sort of was just like very eye-opening Um, what they were doing. And Nicole and I had already been talking about like, God, we should do something. We should do something with this. Cause it's just so fun for us to like reenact these um, scenes and like had so much fun with like the way a character might say something. And, and that's like a lot of our relationship anyway, is like heightening those little things that like um, feel like connect us or whatever. So this kind of jumped out at me as like, I wonder if we could take this idea or this, like, performance style and um, make that our show or whatever. So then I feel like we had a conversation in the lobby. I, like, told her what I had just seen. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Then we decided to go for it.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, Nicole, can you pick it up from there? Like, uh, take us to how it ends up being... Like you guys, are, you, the two of you approached me about about doing something with the Parent Trap, and uh, can you talk a little bit about that and where where we wanted to put a performance with the variety show?
2: Yes. So I remember that moment. We were in the corner of Go's lobby, and we literally, when Julia was telling me about it, I was like, ah! and. <laughs> So we walked up. We walked up to James, and James was like, "Yeah, it's possible." And when James says something is possible, oh wait, he can make anything possible. So with the fact that he was on board, we're like, "Okay, this can happen." So James was like, "You guys should do it for the Matt Nas Variety Show, which was a show at Go Comedy that would happen every month, right?" Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my god! Like my brain's. Losing, I know. <laughs> a long time ago, and it was it showcased like the best performers in Detroit, or if they're out of town, like, come okay, on. Okay, I'm thinking about that. Okay, so and, and like bits were far and wide, like it, anything goes, and so that was kind of our goal to put the show up at the Matt and Oz Variety Show. So we didn't really like how everything came to be with the show. Like, we kind of had, like, the the root in forensics and the root of, like, how much we loved The Parent Trap. But what the show was going to turn out to be, I think, turned out to be a complete surprise to all of us. Totally. <laughs> and the fact that, like, it was so perfect that we debuted... We ended up doing three parts, and we debuted each part at the Matt and Oz Variety Show, so it created hype and excitement. Would keep coming yeah. yeah, we can't understate, like, the, the, I think the,
1: um, um, kismet of, like, the Nows variety show happening at that time yeah. or whatever. And it, it really was like everyone was able to just kind of like pitch or audition for bits that they felt inspired by that weren't contained to, like, a sketch show or, yeah. um, like a a, lo- a like a narrative uh, play or whatever <clears throat> it really like the, the there was so so much going on in in these variety shows it was really inspiring where people would pitch like these really creative awesome things so i think that allowed us to like kind of go forward not really knowing what this was going to be but knowing that this was a platform that i think we we could like succeed um with like putting something uh, non traditional at go
0: comedy improv theater up yeah <clears throat> excuse me and um that really is the unique combination of elements in, in, in the backstory which is the forensics which is unusual like th- that style of performance um and, and which we can get to more once we talk about like the rehearsal process and actually developing the show but the forensic style is a uh, very detailed, choreographed um meticulously rehearsed in script and movement and it's a lot of like really uh sharp detailed uh movement because you're condensing a story down so much that there's a lot of just like you you have to to kind of do it that way if you're going to go the route of taking a full story and condensing it down which is not necessary but if you're going to you better be moving on on point um, the entire time and getting the most out of every moment, and then the, and then the second thing is that um, uh, the two of you being so excited about uh, wanting to do something with with the Parent Trap, and, and because you could act out all the scenes together, wanted to do something performance with it. But but the 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 nice uh, niche. Place to put that, and really the only option um, was the the variety show, uh, which is not to say that uh, the only option, as in we had no no other choice. But like, if it weren't for the variety show, what would you have done? Because uh, it, it, it there aren't a lot of opportunities to put up kind of experimental or alternative uh, style things. So yeah. having those two elements is a very cool combination of just time.
1: Yeah, it certainly gave us a, a platform for sure.
0: Yeah, um, and and then so the other thing that I'll, that I'll mention too, just to set up the next part, is that uh, initially, um, the goal was to do the whole show in about eight minutes. That's eight to ten minutes. That's that's what um, that's what forensics rules are. So we just figured we might as well stick to that. Um, and secondly, the variety show <laughs> was like. <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, that would tell people,
1: you know, three to five minutes. I guess if you go a little bit over, that's fine. Um, depending on what the bit is.
0: <laughs> yeah. <and> boy, <laughs> and we we we're like, okay, over. we can
1: do it in eight. Um,
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And not, not, not only did we go over <laughs> the time slot of the variety show five minute ish window, um, but we couldn't, once we started writing and working on it, we couldn't get everything down to eight minutes in a way that felt really satisfactory to us. Um, So instead that's when we decided to break it into three chunks. (laughs) Um, So uh, how about, can you two talk about the writing process and and actually developing the show, how we got started?
2: So we got assignments from James. So James was like the oh man my words are like so bad no, you, <laughs> i wanted to just like obviously you're the director but it was so cool like how fluid and open the process was and we really followed the inklings that like came to us but also it was so structured at the same time like you had the forensic structure but you were open to making it our own so we started off without re- watching the movie again, without reading the plot on Google again, not that we needed to, but like we wrote the entire movie, what happened in the movie, the entire plot of the movie from memory and what we remembered in our own words. And that's where it started. The yep. word count started to get large because <laughs> we are so passionate about the show that we had so much to say. And then from there, it, we had a different assignment, like, Oh, um, write. Uh, a teaser or a blurb or a trailer for the movie and do it in different genres, like do five different takes um, describing the entire movie and show um, in like a paragraph. And that's when we like started to lean into the genres. And that's when our voices really like even just describing the movie because it's so passionate, our voices, like our true voice came out and then when we did the, the genre, because we have such wild imaginations and such wild, like, thoughts about how we felt about those moments, especially, like, as people, too. So there's, like, so many different things happening, but we didn't realize it. We're like, oh, and when I was eight years old, like, Julia can explain how she, she yeah. tapped into her inner child. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Nicole, so, you're so right. Because, uh, like... When someone describes something that they're passionate about, and especially if it's, like, retelling a the plot of a movie, I think a lot is um, uncovered. <laughs> it's almost like a performance in itself, which there there have been shows where James has directed where a bit in it is, like, okay, retell a, the plot of a movie. But anyway, so, yeah, simply in our that first assignment of us telling the plot, I think there was, like, nuggets of like oh my god this is sort of like a script this could this is sort of there's a, there are voices where like nicole said like coming through in each of these assignments um i think like more and more our like voices became very clear of like okay th- this could be like the um skeleton of the script for the show and then the genre stuff Kind of became like, oh, this is sort of like a thematic we're seeing. I mean, we, we tried like different ones, but that like <laughs> fantastical hero's journey. Um, I think, especially Nicole's uh, uh, take on this was just like, <laughs> like fairy tale kind of like. And then the girls roamed into the. I mean, you can just hear yeah. Nicole's <laughs> voice on a page or whatever. And then I think that became like the clear like. This is sort of a theme that's going to, like, come throughout the
2: show. And I think the other cool thing that I didn't realize, but what James did as a director, was he pointed out things that we wrote that were very funny or were very interesting, but we didn't notice because Uh it's like, oh, like, I'm just literally writing how I write. So that was such a cool, like, perspective, like, because that was helpful to find my voice and mm-hmm. I don't want to speak for you, but, yeah. <laughs> but like, cause sometimes it's easier to do it through a character, not easier, but I tend to do more like character or not myself. So it was cool to find what's funny about the heightened Nicole. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and, and I think like, because this
1: was just like a show, it's, it's, it's different from sketch. It's different from like, um, you know, uh, a play it's like based out of like narration which i think like the narration quality of performance lends itself very well to the two of us and um it would be little things for anyone who hasn't seen the show like how this writing process really showed itself to be like oh this is different this feels cool it it James would point out those little moments like maybe the flippancy of like vocabulary that we would use to like describe big moments or like the gravity we would apply to like these small moments um, whether that was like because we thought the movie meant so much or because it meant so much to us as kids like Nicole is saying um, watching it like in our lives meaning so much to us as like Nicole and Julia
0: yeah and this, so this is what I remember happening, uh, and I could be wrong. I could just be reframing it in my head, but but uh, I think I think I told you both to, to write the story from memory, not to talk to each other. Just write the plot of the movie from memory. And uh, both of you, who are gluttons for rules, <laughs> and, and <directed laughs> are like, are like, well, how long does it need to be? And I was like, keep it to like, <laughs> I said, keep it to oh, one God. or two pages. Julia came back with, like, a page and a half, and it was like, okay, solid, we have a a condensed uh, story Uh, here of, like, (laughs) five five paragraphs (laughs) of of the movie, and then Nicole came back with, like, five pages, and a lot of it was just... these flights of fancy <laughs> in, in, in these really long embellished paragraphs about like uh the girls being taken away like prisoners and the ghoulish <laughs> other campers scowling at things. <laughs> um and uh and yeah so so I think I think I think that was one the beginning of of being like okay well maybe there is not o- not only it wasn't just that we couldn't get it down short enough to Fit the initial target of eight minutes. Uh, it was also that it seemed like there was enough content and enough uh, fuel from the two of you to do more than that. Um, and then, yes, uh, uh, Nicole definitely. Uh, I think that's the the obvious carryover of of like um, genre into the script that we ended up with. Uh, and then also Julia's like quips and commentary. There was a lot of like sarcasm in the way that uh julia did the retelling so so though and those two things really became like the kind of two sides of the coin for the show of the quips and commentary the way that you kind of see um in youtube videos that like review all the plot holes in a movie or whatever (laughs) um that attitude uh was in julia's writing um and then the genre that was like well if 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 your memory of it without without rewatching the movie first is just to be like I'm you know there was a a devil of a woman you know uh, wh- whatever your phrasing is like lean into that yeah so and and then I, I guess uh in short I'll say in terms of like what what I learned from the process as a director was actually that I I had you know it as a coach of forensics, which I coached forensics for like 10 years, uh, as the assistant director, uh, of my old high school shout out to Waldick Western, shout out. um, uh, you know, we're, we're oh, like, we're always talking, we don't do a lot of uh, original content, right? We're always using somebody else's script and kind of like doing script analysis to like figure out what the intention is. And then trying to put like, well, what do you have to say about what the author has to say? Um, you know, or, or like what speaks to you and how do you want to, um, uh, put that in your own voice. And for you too, it was, it was a little bit more on the original content side. Cause you are retelling the story, but we didn't go finding a parent trap script. Uh, and so the, vo- the voice was more heavily yours. And, um, I hadn't directed like a, a scripted show. Uh, is that true? 2015. Yeah. May- maybe I had done like one, uh, scripted show before, but, um, as a director, but, uh, this was, this was a time when I really learned that what I love about being a director is taking what the writer is intending and trying to help blow that up for them as, as opposed to trying to be like, like, Whoa, you you know, sometimes it's necessary to be like, you're way off the, 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 um, the, the rails or like, It's too long or whatever. But but there's other times when it's like, well, if this is going to be your thing, then it better be your thing. Like, I'm not going to try and uh, curtail it or correct course to what I think is right. I'm going to try to figure out what it is you're trying to do and help you say it bigger and better um, with collaboration. Um, that's really where, uh, this, this show was the first time that I really got to, uh, indulge in, in that and, um, explore that approach to things. Um, what did, what did you turn to learn from just, just the writing process? We can also talk about the, um, staging and choreography of it, but just the writing process. What else did you learn?
2: I would say for me, like to this day, it, I've said this before, it is the, the most, the best example of my writing I think like of my voice I feel like I found my voice in the show and especially coming up like in performing you know I feel like when I'm in writing processes or like in sketch shows like I'm like oh my when you're reading your sketch out loud you're like oh my god is this funny like what is funny am I like for writing it's just like insecure because it is like a piece of you and for this like It was so cool to, and that's like, it was so uniquely us. There was nothing else out there like that because we did blow up what we saw uh, was ourselves. Like you were saying, like we, so it has to be unique because it, everyone is different. So it's, it was so cool to be like, what my voice is, is entertaining. And So that it just, it gave me so much confidence in in writing and creating and like knowing like to trust my instincts of like my, like what our instincts were in each assignment. It worked. And like you as a director, like confirming, like lean into this, keep developing this. And like, and just even just reflecting on it, like over the years and like hearing the show again and, and even not knowing who wrote what like, at a certain point. Um, But just being like, what? We wrote that? Like, being impressed. I don't know. Like, that was its so valuable and rewarding. And, like, in the fact that it came out of passion. They they say in interviews with, like, I listen to interviews of, like, people I admire, and they're always, like, the things that take off are the things that are, like, I did this with my friends. We loved this thing. We had fun with it. We made each other laugh. We made each other like literally pee our pants laughing. And we didn't go into the Matt Nas variety show thinking like, oh, we're going to perform this in New York one day for Meredith Blake, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And it just transpired to that, but it's, it's so cool. Like those are the projects like you can't force either. I, I don't know if this is a learning thing. <laughs> I'm going off. But. It,
0: the writing. It
2: was. <laughs> oh. it, yeah. But it was just cool to. Okay. I, yeah. I would say like in the writing process, I found my voice and I trust my voice and listen to the instinct of a writer as a writer and a creative and work with baller people. That's what I learned. Yeah. Yeah, no,
1: I, I I do think that that is a good point that like we didn't go into it thinking that it was gonna be a um, show that we would do forever and that, <laughs> that Elaine Hendricks would see. I, I, that is a good point. We went into it truly with like I don't know what this is gonna be. It was literally a, a a passion project, but I think like on the writing on the writing side of it, it was very surprising to me that we could just go off and it would end up being a script. Sk- yeah, we could just turn that into a script that was wild to me uh oops that was that that was just like very cool to see the transformation of us like wanting to like retell like our love for this movie and then the and the transformation of just that feeling to the page into something that we could perform. Was mind blowing to me, um, and and I think I like really was like these assignments that were given are the funnest thing that I've ever had to do, and like it those really I think opened up a writing style that I don't think that I was able to like access before. Um, yeah, and I yeah.
0: Yeah, because it's not a script. Like we, we never put it into like a, a stage or a screenplay style formatted uh, script. It's really just like a lot of outline and block paragraphing. <laughs> uh, so it's an unusual writing style. Um, had had either of you done like a ton of writing before? Um, because I'm just curious, like uh, be, be up till this point when we started working on this, uh, how much volume of writing you had done because... Uh, based on the assignments that, that I had given you to flesh out the script for this. Um, we wrote probably like, like twice as much as we needed, especially considering that, that you were kind of writing in tandem. And then I would kind of stitch together um, both of your writing into a fused script. Um, but uh, was that a big difference in, in your memory of, 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 like just the volume of writing?
2: I, uh, sorry, you go. I was just going to say, I, so
1: I, I had taken, I had taken sketch classes at Go Comedy. I think I had written, um, for, yeah, I had written for the, um, that class show. I think I was doing some like random, uh, stuff. And then I think, um, Reclassified Pluto had started writing the, um, I think that was this year, yeah. Uh, Reclassified Pluto had started writing a one-act for Planet Ant. Um, But even then, I I didn't really, I I enjoyed it, but I didn't really know what, yeah, I would say, like, I I didn't feel like I could write a show by myself. I still don't.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, Yeah. sorry. No, that's it. Um, for me, I think just at that point, I just did the ant process. Um, so it was a sketch show. And um, other than that, I think it, what this process reminded me of, now looking back, is like I would write stories as like a kid. And like even the way I would journal, like I remember I would be like said with a question mark look on her face like what (laughs) so like the way I I feel like wrote as a kid came out in this but it did not come out in sketch processes and that was cool but I wasn't when it was happening I wasn't um recognizing it because the assignments pulled us in so deep that I wasn't like I'm writing part one right now. It was like, this is the assignment. We have to get it done by tomorrow at five. <laughs> so like, And then we would write so much. It wasn't necessary. Nicole, I would, I'm the girl that comes in with like an eight page sketch. Never do that. Um, but it was cool that everyone had the patience and passion to go through everything. Like yeah. We went through all the writing and so I would say that, that this, but I didn't recognize it as, like, we're writing a show. It was more like, yeah, like Julia said, like, this is so fun that we get to write about, like, dive into, like, because we then detailedly talked about different scenes. Like, it, you know, that was just another assignment. But it was just like, oh, now we get to talk about, like, when the girls messed with Meredith on the camping trip, like, and dive mm-hmm. into that. So it, it was always just more present versus like being outside and zooming out. Like in a sketch process, it's like, oh, we're putting up that show. I hope I get a sketch in. Oh God. Like, hope I get inspired. But this was like, I'm in it. I'm present, which that's hard to do. Yeah.
1: Very much like building it as, as we went. Totally. Totally. And and the show was created from like whatever we ended up writing. Yeah. As opposed to like, okay, we need a, um, we need a game sketch here. um, (laughs) I guess we'll take yours. um. (laughs) You haven't had anything in. Do you have a blackout? It's maybe a joke pitch here. (laughs) Uh, Don't get me wrong. I love sketch. um, But yeah, this was very different. True. True. True.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really interesting to me because honestly, we we haven't really talked about this exact angle before, um, but I, because I, I I, think personally, I haven't written for anything as much as you ha, ha, wrote, wrote for this show. Um, and if you didn't notice or it didn't feel, that's not something that sticks out to you is the volume. Uh, and so that has it has to be because it was a project of passion and so much fun. And to uh, I think both of you said it, but uh, Nicole might have brought it up um, first, which is just the when you're writing and following the fun that is going to give you fuel for days, as opposed to trying to start with the um, putting any pressure on yourself of like, of like, Oh, I want to do this. And um, to serve an ideal or uh, an idea of an audience or an end product first to just start from a place of like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm it's, it's fun and I'm passionate about it. So.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, it, we should also say that we were like retelling a story that was already told and then like uh, building off of that. So that is, I mean, it was like easier than, okay, we have to like make up a story or something. Yeah. You
0: don't have to figure out what the ending is. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. True. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's talk about the physical aspect of it because the show, this is a little harder to, um, described than the writing process, which is that, uh, if, if you haven't seen the show, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of, um, it's almost as fluid as dance. There's a lot of abstract, uh, kind of like space bending where, because Nicole and Julia are playing multiple characters, um, what you would see a lot in, uh, improv, um, is people, you know, doing what we call character steps where you are on stage as one character in one place and then you walk to another area of the stage to be that character. Um, but we would try to, to find the most efficient use of space um And sometimes you would just snap back and forth between a character in one posture standing straight up and then another one who's kind of like crouching and just adjusting your uh, focal point, your line of sight. um, That's that's how you move from one character uh, to another. So there's a lot of snapping into characters and snapping from scene to scene. Um, And there's also a lot of like uh, sort of. Leaving behind the, the idea of scenery or setting and just being like, we are kind of like twisting around each other right now because the idea is that we're in a whirlwind of the story or whatever. Like, um, so th- there's a lot. One, there's a lot of abstract shit going on. Two, there's a lot of really, uh, uh, specific detail oriented, uh, movement going on. So, uh, can you talk to me about how that, what you learned from that kind of process?
2: Yeah. I, well, I think the,
1: the physicality is, is probably what makes this show most unique. I think the, you know, the writing is one thing and it's very much us, but the physicality I feel like is what takes this show to like, what did they just do? How did they do that? And of course it's like based out of forensics, but the two of us are, I mean, Nicole is a dancer. Um, I used to dance. We're both like athletic or whatever and very much like physical performers. <laughs> and I mean, Nicole, who can just do a high kick out of the ground, <laughs> like, that kind of energy gets to be then, like, choreographed to a T and used to, like, jump in and out of characters or, like, reenact a, a, like, a spe- very specific part of the show. And I learned, one, that I am obsessed with this type of performance – I feel like it's when I'm having most fun on stage, I think, is when, like, I get to fully use, like, my, like, body. And then I think the second thing I would say is, like, it, again, blew my mind how how much of this show came to life when we choreographed each and every single moment. It, it was just like, this is the most fun I'm ever having. And this is, this is blowing our minds and we hope it's going to blow like audiences minds too, when they see it.
2: Yeah. I, I feel like it, it was, it, it really did. Cause I, we both did sports growing up and I feel like, Sometimes, like, I'll look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I did just theater my whole life, you know. But, like, without that sports background, that landed our performing style. I think it it is in our performing style. And it brought me back to, like, my cheerleading days and, like, hitting the routine and, like like, having everything have to be on the specific count. Or if you're off, we will literally hit each other and we will run into each other. And we had to, like, tighten up certain, like, those turns. Like, mm-hmm. if we haven't done it in a while, we're going to, like, hit hit each other. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it also, what I learned, which was so cool, is, like, if we did the script just talking out loud, sometimes we, we wouldn't know the words. But, like, if we were physical, like, if we, it helped me memorize the script. And I realized, like, putting a physical movement to something, like, helped me remember my lines. And, like, we had pages and pages of script to memorize, which also blew my mind that I could do, because that, that is like a fear of mine, like not being able to memorize, like I'm not as fast as a memorizer as others. So it was so cool to like recognize, I think in the rehearsal process, I think James brought it up, like we did it. We did the physicality loosely as we were learning the show, even like in part two, when we um, we did the video of it, like kind of the skeleton, the bones of the script. And literally we're like it sounds like gibberish if we we should put a link to because oh, i have it on youtube like we're like okay. and then dad went to napa and like and we and then we mom beige
1: <laughs> and it's a video of us yeah because the, like nicole said that is how we remember it's that is how the three of us built the show is okay we're in rehearsal, and we're going over from this line to this line. The show's written. Um, the lines were written. So we have, like, okay, f- from today, we want to get from here to here. So, okay, this line is, um, um you know, and, and Hallie can't believe her dad is real or whatever. <laughs> and Hallie can't believe her dad is real. So now we choreograph that, choreograph, like, Okay, our our physicality might be like, like whatever it is. This is such a bad example, and that's not a line in the show. But, <laughs> but like, and Hallie can't believe her dad is real. Like, and then we would like choreograph it down to the exact like movement, um, and like this is how we that's how we learn the lines i don't like, you know if we would have been able to otherwise like you
0: said yeah it's a really great point i mean and i i, I wasn't even thinking about it in in even knowing we were going to be talking about like what you learned through each part of these the the process but that is a huge element of it is that uh attaching movement to dialogue um it is more meticulous but like once then you have uh this attachment of like meaning you know and, and and storytelling there there is storytelling in the movement at least as much as there is in the words so then um one it it changes the way that you memorize things because it feels incomplete when it's just the words like you were saying Nicole um and then also it just has this 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 long lasting imprint on you and i think that that's true for the audience, too, is that is that like the physical visual memory of the way that you would move or stage things in the show, um, again, is a part of the storytelling and a takeaway uh, of the experience of the audience. So so it so for a, a show that could be very word dense, if we were only going for uh, uh, quips and, and sarcasm and criticism, that would probably be funny, like a stand up show. Um, but it wouldn't be as theatrical without those uh, meticulous choreographed um, visual, uh, physical storytelling elements. Mm
2: -hmm. And I don't know if this has to do with the physicalness, but I had many times during the show out-of-body experiences. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And this could be spiritual, so maybe I should talk about this somewhere else. But I literally would be out of my body because we're, like, so, like, physical – and I, and then I would have to be like, girl, go back. You're doing a show. But, like, it was so ingrained into my body, the words, the physicality, that I could literally, like, almost watch us do it and have clear thoughts. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yes. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> totally. I
1: think that comes with, like, just knowing the show so well, too. But I think you're so right that, like, knowing what your next movement and line is going to be really is, like, it's a weird feeling. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so actually, that, that'll take us right into what you learned from performing the show. Um, mm-hmm. Because so, so the kind of in a nutshell timeline of things is that you were debuting each part of the show for the Matt Oz Variety Show once a month uh and then there was one month off there where maybe Nicole was out of town or the um variety show was off for a month or something mm-hmm. but um uh so you initially built it part 1 debuted a month later part de- uh 2 debuted and then uh the finale part 3 debuted and um so for for at least those months when you did the newest version you were leaving the last one behind um but eventually, once you had all three parts done and premiered, you got your own featured show slot um, at, at first as a one-off, which sold out, right? Um, to do the all three parts together in the same block. Uh, and then you had a one-month run of the show. Um, in And that's in, in Michigan at Go Comedy. Um, and then there's like this second chapter as as if that's not full of chapters <laughs> on its own um there's uh coming to new york and trying to produce it here um so uh one well i i mean i definitely want to want to want to talk about like what it's like once you perform it so much and you're starting to do all three parts um repetitively but like let's talk about uh debuting them you know, starting with like the what it felt like to do the first one, what you learned uh, from like talking to people about the show after after you did the first one, and then like how you built that up to the um, the final third act being premiered. So, what what, what was the feeling? Because you hadn't performed something like this um, yeah. uh, by the time you did the first one, so. Like, what was the feeling doing the first one?
1: I think the first one, we were just giddy. We were like, I don't know if anyone is going to like this. I don't know, but we like it. We think it's cool. I remember at at rehearsal, we had Brie, who, like, you know, was familiar with uh, forensics. And, you know, she saw it and she was just... Pumped And Bree's so nice that it's like, is she just being nice? But like, (laughs) you can kind of tell that she was like, this is going to be different. And it doesn't matter what happens. Like, this is a very cool show. That was sort of like all we needed Bree's like approval Mm -hmm. (laughs) and James's approval. But that, that was like a cool moment where like, oh, okay, this, this might be like a really fun thing. And I remember we, it was pure excitement for the first one slash like who cares How this goes and how it's received. We just kept, we, you know, we had been telling people we were working on a parent trap show. And I think everyone was sort of expecting, like, okay, you know, Julia and Nicole are going to be crazy and they're (laughs) going to like talk about the parent trap. Uh, But I think this sort of like blew everyone's expectations out of the water. Like it just, it just, if you see the show, it just is like very different from anything you probably would expect it's it's like uh, so we were i think we were excited to like at the very least show that um
0: yeah you put a ton of work into it and and, yeah. and to do something unique and so to have that pay off or be validated it, i'm sure it would have been fun and fine um even if people were kind of like oh <laughs> this is what it is uh-huh. um but uh to have i i remember uh matt penridge came up to you two after the show and we're like we're like oh they have this intro that seems like like rapid fire and highly choreographed and he was like oh eventually they're going to drop that and kind of go into like uh just riffing with the audience and off of each other and then uh at a certain point he said that he his mind goes oh they're just gonna keep going
1: (laughs) Yeah, that fast-paced nature. I mean, you you, you kind of have to be ready for it, and if you're not,
2: like, figure yeah. it out.
1: Uh, you might just <laughs> like, miss the entire out.
2: intro. <laughs> yeah, my grandma definitely didn't pick up anything. Oh, but... my grandma! Said, mm. <laughs> she was literally like, "I don't know what you said, but you look like you had a good time." No, no. no but she also Italian is her first language, also. But, uh... <laughs> but that was another thing that I think was different about how we approached the show because there wasn't like an end goal of like, we are going to get a run of shows. Like literally it was to do the Matt Nas variety show. And a lot of people when they did like bits and stuff for the show, like they didn't put that much time into it. I'm not calling anyone out, (laughs) but I remember people like friends of mine being like, why are you guys rehearsing so much? Like, not in a bad way, but, like, I don't understand. Like, it's just confusing. Yeah. And then, like, because you're just doing, like, a, you just get, like, a slot. But then when they saw it, they were, like, the fact that you took it to that level for literally because you wanted to do the show. Totally. Like, I think that was, like, a cool thing that, like, we didn't question. But, like, and I, and I think that speaks to James as a director because he doesn't just do something a little bit. He's going full out. If he believes in you and he's into it and passionate, it's not going to be like a cat. Like we're going all out. We're not going to just do it a little bit. Totally.
0: Yeah. And I guess it's actually something that I learned more from the rehearsal process than, than uh, once it was on its feet in performance. But um this was also uh probably the, like outside of coaching forensics where like, um, you know these these high school kids are 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 it's competitive they want to win tournaments, and uh they're working on these pieces in all these different stages and they need help and so like um as a coach, if I was around uh to work with people like I would be able to 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 kill three hours um in a relay of of working with students no problem and uh they were they were happy to have coaches around because uh, it's very difficult to work on something by yourself that that uh without having somebody with an outside eye. Um, well, for which is true for anything, but, but like when, again, it is, uh, with this like abstract and, and specific detail, uh, it's that much harder to be like, is this working unless you have somebody on the outside kind of, uh, bouncing ideas off of you and seeing it, uh, as an audience. Um, and, uh, so I would be really into spending as much time and, and back to back to back, uh, sessions, uh, coaching with students. And then since, uh, getting into like improv and sketch and, and theater, um, I had not found a combination of people that were wor- willing and interested in, uh, working as much as I was working. People need breaks and, and need to like be chill. And I think that that's fair. That's something that I need to adjust to because sometimes that like, I, I want to work so much at to a fault. Um, but this was a really interesting experience of like, of like, okay. I would be like, well, if you wanted to be ready with this by next time, that would be cool. And you two would be like, yeah. And if we'll, we'll do twice as much if you want. And then I'd be like, okay, well actually ideally uh, maybe we could do this. And then you two would be super down with it. Um,
1: And maybe we could do a 10 to midnight rehearsal on a weeknight. If I mean, whatever it took to like get, more time yeah. together we would do
0: or we did um we we would do like 6 hour days uh on a oh, yeah. saturday with the yeah. theater open um yeah. and uh and that was exciting it's it, it's like i yeah. i i again i understandably <laughs> wouldn't be able to expect most other projects and shows to commit that kind of time but the fact that you two were as willing as i was uh, to commit was a really great experience and something that, that that you don't get out of everything. So it is an opportunity too to be like where are my limits of how much time I would spend if um if it was entirely up to me or if or if I knew that the people I was working with were into it as much. Um that was very cool. But sorry that, 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 that kind of got us off off track from uh the performance side of things and, and what we learned.
1: Oh that's a great point.
2: I feel like um I- Oh, sorry. I wrote some notes down, but like a lot of things I learned can sometimes go into like, um, what I not would do differently, but like some of these things are kind of similar. So I don't know if I, um, eh. okay. Something I learned is connecting before the show. Connecting with Julia before the show, because the one time we didn't was what what I would do differently.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was that um, the third act?
2: Yes, third act. So it, we did have not as much time before. I think I was on a trip. Um, there was just a tighter turnaround for part three, and it also was longer. I don't know. There was just like a lot of aspects about it. And I I remember someone telling me, I think it was Jeff's mic. He said, I noticed you two before the show, before part three, before we debuted it, you weren't in the green room together. Like we were both separate. Like I because I was freak like I was nervous. Um and I was also I, assistant like
1: that's r- true. running
2: that show. And I feel like yeah, maybe I I don't know. Yeah, keep but we going. We normally would have been more like when we're more confident, we're more like like dancing in the green room, but I feel like I was like in the corner like going over my lines by myself when it was normally like we would be like goofing around, which is important to do before a show. I think like having those, like that was such a huge learning thing for me because I feel like that would have helped. I just feel like I was in my own head and in myself, but if I would have connected with you before part three, that,
0: day we can talk about <laughs> yeah 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 and so, because, because uh uh by that point you've done the the first two and then you move on and do the final act and that thing that we were talking about before about like doing it for fun and um not caring how it goes as long as like you are in it and and passionate and having fun with it like all of a sudden, the, the the kind of pressure and the stakes and the expectations start to creep their way back in, and you're yeah. like, "We better fucking kill this yes! uh, third act to really uh, measure up to pe- what people are are expecting." Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, so so what happens in the third act when you guys debut it for the first time uh, in? the man variety show, uh, is that you, the two of you get on stage and, um, about 30 seconds into the show, uh, maybe like, like eight or 10 lines of dialogue deep. Um, you, you both go blank. Um, I forget what the term, uh, is for it. Cause, um, TJ Jagodowski has a story about it. Uh, but you, you both just go completely, uh, blank and, um, yeah, for, forget where you're at in the script. And, um, and that's, and that's it. Like you, you, and, then, and then it's like a minute of, of the two of you standing there trying to figure out if, one of, if it's going to come back to one of you uh, in front of a sold-out audience. Um, and then eventually, uh, Julia's like, uh, we'll be right back. And you, you all hustle backstage and, and check in with the script. Hold on. Hold so like, on. Hold on. <laughs>
2: hold on. Hold on. We literally breathed. We stood in front of the audience and breathed. For a minute and a half. That is like five hours in human time. We were like.
0: A minute and a half.
2: I,
1: I just kept thinking this isn't real. I don't think this is real. It's, I mean, it's every person's nightmare. Every actor's nightmare is like, oh, I'm on stage and I don't remember my lines. And we literally were on stage. Nothing. Nothing. was it, coming to us.
2: That I've, I've learned the most from that moment than anything in my life. <laughs> Maybe that's not true, but, well, but in, so, in yeah, format, I learned so much from that moment. And it, it literally was worst case scenario. Like you don't remember, you're literally, it's such a scripted show that it's not like we could like improvise through it, but like, also I learned that we needed to use that skill to be honest and vulnerable, we, what I learned, it gave, it gave me such a relief actually, because one of my problems in life, in performing as a human, is I wanna be perfect. I wanted to nail it, I wanted to say every word correctly, I wanted us to have that physicality down, but it's live theater and we need to acknowledge in that moment. To each other. Oh, God, Julia. I don't know. I don't know the line. (laughs) Yeah. We could have said that. And, like, you, James, you talked about it. You gave us the permission, like, you can do that. You know the show so well. This is your show. It's just you two. Yeah. You are being yourselves. You're being vulnerable. Like, it was the most real moment ever. And we could have, like, looking back, and if any bumps have occurred, which makes the show... And it's a beautiful thing. It makes it unique. It shouldn't be the same every time. There should be moments where, like, I say something a little different and it, it affects... The, it makes the moment different. Yeah. And, like, we, in that moment, could have called that... I mean, we learned from it. This is what we learned, is, like, we can be honest to each other, to the audience, to everybody, and move on from it and find the script. But we were so out... Of our minds that like we had to go backstage pull up the google doc on our phones (laughs) and look up the script to know what the next line was yeah and it was my line but like julia didn't know what was next either like we we either either of us knew what was next and we kept like even doing the physicality to try to remember and it just wasn't there, but I think we put our we put the stakes so high on ourselves. It was getting hype; people were excited. It was the final. It was the finale. It was a big deal yeah. for us. And I think there was a lot of pressure. And I also remember James bringing up a story because when we, we talked in the powwow, we had a talk after, and James said like he told a story about how Will Smith would like memorize the. Script of all the actors on Fresh Prince of Bel Air because he was so worried about his lines. that story? It, yeah. you, like you because and it just shows like that. Like not to like, but I know Julia's lines. She knows my lines. If you know, you have to know a show like inside and out. Um. Yeah, and- we've
1: done that. We've done it where we like just as a, you know, a a joke, we'll, like, do each other's parts. It's very different from, like, other shows where, like, one, you might, like, do a show enough to where, like, you could probably do other people's lines, but this is, like... It both makes more, it makes a lot of sense that we would know each other's lines because we've done it so much and because it's so, like, seamless and the same thing every single time. But it's also a little bit crazy because there are so many lines per minute (laughs) where, like, there's a lot to know. And we just, yeah, we just weren't as uh, prepared for this third one because I think in another, like circumstance we would be able to like breathe for a second and be like oh my god we literally don't know this but in that in in that instance in that situation we didn't know the script enough to even comprehend that it was like we feel a little bit like we are trying this for the first time the other two that we had done we were like we know this front to back and we've done the mess ups and if we do mess up during this one we can come back from it it's fine and especially as we did the show more throughout our years like we know it enough to where like we could literally do anything we wanted and get right back on track but at this point we hadn't like rehearsed we hadn't had enough rehearsal time we didn't put put in enough time to like have this particular third act to where we could like have those little glitches happen and get right back on track it had to be perfect for us to do it the first time and it wasn't and that's also like I also learned that it's like fine the worst thing that could possibly happen in a show happened and everybody was on our side and right there for for us when we came back on stage after a minute and looked at our lines and they were, they were even more excited and we felt a little bit better. I mean, we were probably even more stressed (laughs) the second time we came back out. Yeah. Yeah. But we did it and, and everybody was on our side and, and like, of course that was like a moment that people remember, but it's not a moment that it's like, well, well, those girls will never make it. It was like, Oh my God, we were like, didn't know whether we should laugh or like whatever, but like everybody felt for us in in that moment because it was a very wild experience.
0: Yeah, man. So, uh, uh, a couple things I, I got to mention. One, uh, we're over the usual hour that we do yeah. for live streaming, but we're we're okay to go uh, over. Um, if you've been watching this far, uh, thank you. If you're just joining, we're talking Parent Trap, and I think we're just getting to the juicy stuff. Um, so <laughs> I'm okay to go as long as you two yeah. are. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and also a reminder, uh, uh, also... Uh, hello, Dean. Um, and... <laughs> uh, uh, uh if 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 anybody watching has uh questions as we go here you're more than welcome to chime in with questions and we'll do our best to answer them um on top of the other stuff that we're talking about but um so this moment where you freeze on stage it, it's it, one it's miraculous to me that you both dropped the 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 script at this at the same time because you both do know each other's lines and know the things it's it's it was like this unifying like um additional way that that you two kind of become one mind if you with. don't know it, I don't know it <laughs> yeah 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 right. it's very it's a it was a very you know it it is what it is but like outside of the context of performing as as an observer and somebody who's very invested in in, in the moment where this happened and while I'm watching uh like i was like this is the miracle of human existence (laughs) (laughs) the fact that you both had this shared moment and um of of vulnerability and and then yeah uh uh the the lesson that comes along with it of of that like performing uh yeah, what is the worst case scenario? Like like we put all this pressure on these stakes on ourselves to 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 perform and do well and deliver to the audience and not look like idiots, but like what is what are we afraid of? What's the worst that can happen when we're performing on stage? Why 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 is it um show revealing ourselves to people and performing in front of other people? Why is that one of the scariest things to do? And I think the moment that you two had in experiencing one of the biggest fears um really seemed just like a like a a profound learning moment of like there it is we were in free fall and we hit the ground and we survived yeah, yeah. you know
1: <laughs> yeah totally totally and nicole nicole mentioned this a little bit too, but like that I think that is the beauty of theater, and I think we both learned like those like um raw honest like moments are clown moments mm-hmm. that both of us do like that like every yeah every moment is real and it's actually exciting that that can happen rather than like this scary
0: yeah um okay and then i i also want to talk about uh not after that point you've got the three parts premiered and you start to do um, repeat performances of like uh, act one and act two together. um, And then you do uh, your own show and a show run Um, as you start like rehearsing. Let's talk about like, how does improv come into play in such a detail oriented show? Where does improv start to reappear in that process?
2: Well, I think, like, we found such cool discoveries, which is just like improv. Like, when you discover something in the moment with your scene partner, if Julia said a line to me in a way she never has, it's exciting to me, and I, in turn, react, like, instantaneously differently. And then we we build on that, and the more times we even have that moment and like, we do it again maybe, but we're like lean into it more. Like for example, um, I feel like when we would like be like, there's a part where they find out and then they find out they're twins. And I feel like we'd be like, oh, and then they became best friends. And I'd be like, or like we would, no, you would do it like the kiss in yeah. ear. And like, I feel yeah. like that just like grew more and more of like a hugging <laughs> yeah. each other moment, and like leaning into like loving each other in that moment. or just like, how we played the characters. Like we know like Julia, when she's in Chessie, she is Chessie. And I feel like you can throw anything at her when she's in Chessie and she's going to respond as Chessy. So it's <laughs> like, I feel like we discovered really cool, fun moments like you would in improv and stayed in character, or we're more ourselves in certain moments or, um, just definitely played off each other's energy and yeah, it made such a scripted show and such a time show. It it makes it complete. It can be completely different every time. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I feel, I feel like you nailed it. I feel like
2: the, the, you know, the
1: memorization part, it, it's almost like it is still feels like an improv show, At this point in time, because each moment we're like, we have to find that um, that emotion, I guess I'll start with like to memorize this show, I think is one thing. And like we had to get to a certain threshold to where like we knew it so well that we could just now feel free to perform it. However, like it feels in that moment, but it did need to reach like maybe, you know, um, I don't know three times of performing the show or something. I, I don't know. Who cares? But there's, there's uh,
0: some threshold where the memorization gets to a point where you don't have to think about it anymore. And so you have more freedom in doing right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, and like Nicole said, like then each moment because becomes like, improvise sort of I think of those things as like the out-of-body experiences like I know what I'm gonna say and I know how I'm gonna I know what the physicality is but it can be so different like the um, like the way we deliver each line can be different depending on how Nicole said the line before it or how I mean part of it too is like we know this movie so well so as we're doing these like different parts we might get inspired by, like, a certain, like, point in this movie, like, you know, Martin and, and Annie doing their handshake and saying goodbye f- uh, at camp for the first time. Um, that might, like, ring true in, in, in one moment doing this show, like, and we do it a little bit differently. Or, it, it like, we might feel more vindictive about, um, you know, Annie or Hallie or Meredith or whomever at the time, like... All of these things without, I mean, th- that's, that is is improv. We have to be able to, like, take ho- whatever is, like, delivered to us and, and react in whatever way um, feels, like, right in that moment.
2: We even had parts of the show where we, like, felt like something was missing. Like, oh, like, we didn't get to this. This moment is, like, really funny to call out. Or, like, this feels missing. Or, like, we touched on this, but we should. So we would, I remember James would say, like, just kind of have, like, improvise what, like... I think it was calling out that Meredith... Um,
1: we don't see her at all. She just about
2: pieces, me. and it's like, let's dive into that a little bit more. And, like, we improvised that and then eventually made it into the script. And we also did that with our intro, like, explaining how, how the show came to be, because I think a lot of people sometimes... If you're coming off the street seeing the show... And you have no context. Like we needed to clue the audience in a little bit more. So we improvised that. And also, I don't know why, like throughout this entire conversation, I keep thinking about the Elastic Time canon with this show. And for a few reasons. One, that how that improv show was so, like we rehearsed so many times for that very structured form And like when a a form, like an improv form is so structured, it's so structured and so nuanced and so detailed that that's when you can have fun. That's when you can break, like break the Mm -hmm. threshold. Like you're saying, Mm -hmm. like the show is so scripted. We know it so well that improv form is so tight. And like, there's so many different parts to that form, but that allowed me to do my best improv too. And that that allowed me to do my best performing. When something is so structured, like I, as a person, I maybe need intense structure, but that allows me to be free. It's such an yeah, interesting thing. totally.
0: That is there's like a whole new kind of freedom in a certain yes. degree of restriction. Like like <laughs> once you put the restrictions on more and more, it's like there's there's a the whole different brand of freedom in there. Which I think on an acting level is, is like a, a reminder that like improv is more about what you say or, or, uh, improv is not just about what you say. It's not just about ad libs or not having a script. Uh, it's about the uniqueness in each moment. And I, and I think about what the two of you were able to do in this show being very musical that, that like, you would get into a, a groove with each other and deliver a line with like this sort of you know a, a new intonation of like wah, wah, and then you know Nicole followed up with like wah, wah, like and, yeah yeah and, you know whatever the, the 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 initial delivery was is is different and and you would yes and just that yeah. intonation in a very musical way. Like it's a call and response or an echoing thing uh, of like, la, la, la. and then, you, you know, the next line would be elongated or punched or whatever. And it's, and it's like, it, it, it changes. And I think that's a really big challenge for, for people in, in acting and scripted material. And, and I know, especially in forensics um, that uh, be, when you have something that is about memorization and knowing it and uh, doing something repeatable, that um you can lose the spirit and the energy very quickly um because you are sort of on autopilot and it becomes very mechanical uh and uh th- i think there was certainly a hump that the two of you had to get over in in repeat performances of this as well but once you do um yeah the the improv is is in how long you choose to take with this moment and um the the notes that you use with the words and, and the way that you communicate with those nonverbal uh, things is, is wonderful.
2: It's so cool. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Cause it did happen naturally. I feel like it was like almost a reflection. Like it would be thought like talked about like after like, Oh, did you notice that you did this? when she did this and I'm like, Oh my God, like it was not purposeful. It was in the moment and that it is so cool. It's so cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So again, I think, I think that the takeaway, cause it's a unique show. So it's, so it's like a, to me, the biggest takeaway is, is, is that like the, uh, and kind of like you were saying with the elastic time cannon, that's a show where in the beginning, we're, we're trying to memorize and repeat lines very quickly. And it's like, even when you're doing that there, there's, there's this attention, And treatment that you have to approach it with where it's like it's not there's so much playground inside of the words your first idea of how to deliver it is only one of millions of ideas on how to deliver it and when you really start to notice and play around with uh, the words um, I think that's that's where you want to be as an actor when you pick up any script and do a cold read is see is see more and more possibilities and hear them as they're developing in the moment um, so that you can you can uh, lean into them and uh, not get caught up in in how you think how you think it should be and letting that compete with how you're actually doing it. It's like, let let the way you're actually doing it win, you know?
2: Yeah. And it keeps you in the moment, like in the Elastic Time canon. I wasn't freaking out about like, Oh, like, should I enter the scene? Am I going to be funny? Like, what am I going to say? Like, because everything was there that took that element out of it, even though we should keep that mindset in, in, like when you don't know what your line is, because when you are there and in the moment and with the people and you, you take the headiness out, like Mm -hmm. that is when the most beautiful shit occurs. And Mm -hmm. that's so interesting that, I find that when something is so structured that I'm, a, I'm like, Oh, this takes the pressure off. And then yeah. you can be yourself and be your best. Yeah.
0: Totally. So let's talk about the second main chapter, which is putting it up in New York. Um, what are some of the biggest takes away, takeaways or learning experiences uh, from, switching your environment and goals uh with the show.
1: Yeah. It this was so interesting because I think like we knew we knew how good the show was, but we didn't know the New York landscape. And we didn't know anyone really. <laughs> and I think the show Has and had so much, like, potential to, you know, just, like, be something extraordinary, and it is, and it was. But I think, like, I don't know that we ever found in New York where that lived. I don't, I I mean, we put it up at improv theaters and some other, you know, random little spaces that did unique work. And, um, one, you know, it's very hard to get an audience. It was hard, you know, after our first like couple runs at go to get audiences, even when everybody was excited about it and, you know, would still come over and over again. Um, the show, you can, you can see this show like, you know, a hundred times and see something different every time, which I think is one of the cool things about it. But even with that, it doesn't matter how good a, a show is if you don't know how to, you know, produce it in a, in a landscape. produce um, yeah. and, and market for it. And um, yeah, I think I just audience. like kind of, kind of learned a lot. It was cool that it's cool that we did it. And we, we had a whole like second wind with um, we can talk about it with uh Elaine showing up, which was like, I, I think incredible. And one of like, maybe the peak, maybe like the, the just like coolest moments of our lives.
0: Uh, yeah. So, so the, the story the, there in a, in a nutshell is that Elaine Hendricks, who plays Meredith Blake, the other woman um, to the dad and parent trap. Uh, she actually came and saw the show in New York. Um, and, and as a result of uh, the two of you tweeting at, Elaine and um, Jessica Ann. What's her Lisa name? Anne. Lisa Ann.
1: Uh, <laughs> Lisa <laughs> Ann Wilder plays Chessie. Yeah. Yeah. They're both best friends. And uh, so we've, we've communicated with them uh, and like just kind of, yeah, as we were putting it up in New York, reach out to them on social media and we're like, you should see the show. You should see the show. And they're both like awesome. And they like respond to, on social media a lot to like fans and, and everything. And um yeah, and Elaine was, like, in New York and able to come, and she brought um, she brought Lisa Ann's uh, uh, nep- uh, nephew. nephew yep. Yep. Aiden. Shout out. Yeah, Aiden. yeah shout out nephew, to Aiden. Eden. It was so cool.
0: It happened to be the 20-year anniversary uh, of The Parent Trap, which, uh, believe it or not, we didn't realize. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but 2018... Was the this was 2018 and and um, 20 years after the release of the movie and uh, so it, it, there was just a lot of things that, that 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 were nice timing to make something very cool like that happen uh, and I think that is one big takeaway of the power of social media that's one thing that that um, I kept talking to people about that when they were like they're like how did you pull that off and it's just like without without social media as a platform um, that never that would never happen like uh, the, the fact that you two directly got their attention and um, I, we're able to we're able to capitalize on 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 like the buzz of like oh it happens to be the twentieth anniversary and like Elaine is in New York now and like um that the that social media platform and and doing something that's like kind of tongue in cheek jokingly because we we also had a campaign at, at, at uh, for Go Comedy trying to get Lindsay Lohan to come see the show and we just did that as like a, as like a cute uh, marketing ploy to the show with a theme basically um so we had kind of done stuff like that before and, and you two were like kind of jokingly tweeting at them but then once they are, actually start responding it's like that's a lesson to me of like as long as as long as your intentions and your heart's in the right place about that kind of reach out you might as well because because you're just as foolish to think that it can't happen as you are to think that it might
1: it's a great point
2: Yep. And that also just kind of like it was very confirming moving to New York and like having that moment happen so flawlessly and effortlessly. Like it really we weren't tr- like we didn't try that hard. We literally just tweeted them and they responded. And I was like, OK, like this is like just very confirming why I moved. Not saying like, oh, I want like uh, the you know what i mean like it's taking performing to another level that that can casually happen like yeah. we had a show on a friday and we we invited elaine to come and she literally said for your 411 i will be there everyone was freaking out and it was so, one of the most special performances i've ever had it was so yeah, cool
1: truly it might have been my favorite time doing it
2: oh yeah,
0: yeah. so on the flip side and this is the thing that that you don't get a lot of optics on um you know some something as cool as the Elaine thing happens and uh people back home see that or 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 other people who didn't come to the show in New York see that like your friend circle uh, p- people see that on online and and it makes it seem like so elevated and awesome but on the flip side there were shows that we did where like one person came <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or or where there were like no Paying audience. Like, um, yep. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. What did you learn from that side of things of just like doing the show uh-huh. in, in it, just shouting into a, K, a, a, a void, you know?
2: I think it, it was a huge learning experience of like going from performing it to sold out houses, having it in the Var- Matt and variety show had a built in audience. So we were like guaranteed a full house every time we did it. And then when that energy is gone from the audience. Like, that energy literally physically lifts us to new heights. And it is a very um, physical show and exhausting show. And literally, like, in between. So when we're doing all three parts, like, I'm actually blown away by the fact that we, we, at one point of iteration of the show, we would play, like, a little mini- the credits for each part like a movie and we would take a sit backstage but when we were doing it in new york we were literally taking a sit backstage and coming back out which i think is very impressive <laughs> yeah. especially because we're doing three different shows and all connected of course but without having any like laugh breaks there is no time to let's say breathe. So it's like exhausting on a different level. And then not having that refuel of like laughter and like huge applause that being gone takes, we have to pump ourselves up and re-energize ourselves. And of course we can, because we do love the show and we have so much fun doing it, even if there's no one in the room, but that got exhausting. Yeah. That yeah, got that really tough.
1: Completely agree. It takes so much energy to do this show and so much steam is lost when you know, like, okay, well, everyone who told me that they were going to come didn't come and uh, no one else came. (laughs) Um, I mean, even if there were like, even the shows where there were like four people in the audience, I mean, they enjoyed it and we can work off of that. We, we have fun with those four people. That's fine. Um, But it, it just is so exhausting. I mean, to do this show in rehearsal when it's like, Okay, are you ready to do a run of the show? It's like, okay, I gotta gear myself up because this is gonna take a shit ton of energy. And it's like when you have a bunch of people there, it feels like nothing. And it feels like the adrenaline will just take you. But when there's like no one, it's both the energy sucking of like, well, we should have marketed more. We're like the all all of like the business stuff starts coming in. Um those thoughts I think are more depressing to me than the fact that there are four people. I'm like, I, I, I remember one show where once we started getting going, it was fine. But I, I just, um, was like, I think I'm ready to be done with this. Um, not because the, I mean, I'm, I'm never done with this show. Obviously I'll talk about it whenever I will do the show. Whenever we got invited to do the women in comedy festival, um, Deer was obviously happened because of uh, COVID, but I will do this show whenever, but it's so hard to, I don't know how to market a two person show where I, yeah, I just simply don't know. And it, that was like very, um, yeah, it, it was really discouraging and, and disheartening. Again, not saying anything about the quality of our show. I know I know about that. But it was like on the flip side of like an affirming uh, move to New York, it was like uh fuck.
0: Yeah. yeah. Again, not
1: family. again, not like oh, i be here, but like this is just I'm
0: done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think one one of the things that um we learned and talked about and uh we we had a friend of ours uh that coached um an indie improv team of uh, mine and Julia's Tim uh, come watch the show and give give notes on it and um uh, I think his feedback really told me because he was like this I'm gonna be real. this is one of the best shows that I've seen in a long time. and he was like two things: one, how difficult it is to describe it in just a couple sentences it gets in your way more and it's such it's such a weird thing because because most people will tell you especially in in New York a, a place that's like theater dense um entertainment dense that that like do something unique do something specific and if you're wondering is there such thing as something too unique and too specific i believe the answer is yes (laughs) and it's called the parent trap (laughs) Uh, (laughs) lord of the twin trilogy (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah but uh, so, 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 you know, th- like that, that is the the common mentality. And we thought that we were set up for that is, is that like, well, it's really unique. It's, it's, uh it's, it's got this, this like kind of built in pop culture appeal, but at the same time it's like this unique twist and this like allure to it, but it just wasn't enough to um, bring people in for whatever reason. So it's, it's not some guarantee that you're going to build an audience just because it sounds super crazy unique. Um, and then the other thing is that like he, he Tim was saying, in his feedback that like, well, you know, you, you, you guys do a really great job of, um, blending the parent trap and the Lord of the Rings thing. And it is so impressive, like the, the meticulous movement and and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's just a little bit too alt theater for real theaters. And it's a little bit too, uh, storytelling and theatrical for <laughs> improv theaters. Totally. <laughs> so it's also uh, in this mid ground of like of like where do you put it? What is the best medium? And 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 without something like the variety show, which has variety built into it, um, th- there's plenty of that in New York City. But but again, it's it's just like I, I don't know. It really made me appreciate um, the variety show as a medium. And, uh, the other thing that, that it made me really appreciate is, um, uh, anybody who's been in the tech booth for a show, um, Mm -hmm. special shout out to PJ coax, who is our usual, um, partner in the sky, uh, doing life and sound for this show and for, for just almost everything that I've worked on. Um, and, uh, I had to be the person in the booth and run in tech and uh, pe- the, the theaters out here for uh, improv and sketch do not provide you with a uh, tech operator. They don't have house operators most of the time, um, or at least not the ones that, that we were using. Uh, and so uh, I had to hop in the booth and learn to do like Q labs and, and run some of the lights and sound. And and the, the kind of like troubleshooting and tech issues uh, that would come up that I'm just like, i I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you guys. We're not going to be able to do the opening video tonight because I just can't get the projector working. Yeah, and we got to start. <laughs> um, or, uh, or, or actually, you know what? I, 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 just, I take back what I said just a moment ago. Is is that we did have we did have at least one um, uh, tech person run, running our, the show, but um, to to be able to hand off all these tech instructions and, and with a non traditional formatted script that's like not. in in the usual format and then be like, well there's this, 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 and this. And there's also a video and when and when they and when she pulls the invisible sword and stabs the (laughs) dragon (laughs) and the Lord of the Rings music plays. Like
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. It it made me appreciate the uh, the house technicians and stage managers so much more.
2: And that's the thing. It's like one like when you bring up the marketing thing, you bring up stage managing like when we did it out here, we became a one man band. Like we're playing the symbols. We're singing in the mic over here. We're <laughs> we're tap dancing. That makes like, we, it, we, there's not enough time in the day for us to yeah. do all these things. So it's like, it is unrealistic for us to like be our promo, our stage man. Like you're also our director. Mm-hmm. You, you need to be, like they're like you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. that was too much to ask of you. Yeah. After,
0: afterward you, you two would be would would be like we'll be like, what Well what think? would you think? And I was like, I, I don't know. I thought the music <laughs> was too loud and I'll fix it next time. Like <laughs> <laughs> I like I can't really give effective notes on because I'm so I'm sweating it trying to figure out a, a new angle on it. And yeah, it, it is. It it's it's a lot. Um it takes a team to to really do and, and three people even is is not uh you, you there's still so many more hats to wear that three people um can really take care of,
2: yeah, yeah, that and even like we don't have props in this show, but when we worked on another show after the parent trap, like the difference in New York is like carrying all this shit and like not being able to store it at a theater, like you have to take it all of your symbols and your tap shoes in your on your back and go on a full subway car and like hope that you don't like drop anything or like your back is literally in pain and then you go to the theater do your thing take it all home because you can't store it there and yeah it's there's so much more that is on the people in the show and yeah there is only 3 of us like i can't imagine if there were more elements to it yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so let's talk about our last portion here, which is if you had to do it all over again, starting from scratch today, what would you do differently? And are there things that you would definitely keep the same about the parent track process?
2: Oh, I think something that was a note from Tim was we recognized, I think we were so um, focused on paying attribute to the movie and like being so on with the characters and like getting our favorite parts in and like being so true to like the script and like the paying true homage to the parent trap, which is like our favorite movie of all time. But what Tim brought pointed out was like, what is so great about the show is you two and how much you love it. And like, I want more of that. Like he wanted more of like, Julia talking about when she was eight years old and she had a parent trap themed birthday party. And, you know, like, like those, those true to us moments to the movie, because we didn't write the script of the movie that isn't as important as our personal. And I think we, we learned that later. And I think Mm we, we definitely leaned into that more in our New York iterations but i didn't realize that that was what made the show so great and and what was the most important was our point of view of the show
1: yeah yeah i i that that's such a great point and I, I think we've gotten that note a couple times i think one of the things i thought about i don't think this is something i would do differently but we had someone else view the show um another uh ucb kind of and uh, director type who said well, timeline like, time frame-wise, if you want to submit it here, it needs to be 30 minutes. If you want to submit it here, it needs to be an hour. If you want to submit it here, it needs to be this. And it just never quite fit. And if you want to submit it here, it needs to be a little bit more like um, you need a game of it. Or you need, you need some sort of, like, thing or whatever. So anything that we would have done to submit to these places needed, like, a different thing. I would have loved to have been able to submit it to festivals that could get it seen um but it it just once again never really fit in like the constraints of what like these festivals or wherever was was like looking for yeah i i I wouldn't want the show to be anything different, but it would have been cool to. And 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 I think we were at the point where it like didn't really make sense to change the show. We've been doing it for so long. It's like we were ready to do something new, but we wanted to just get the most out of this show that we could have without having to like really rewrite it into like a thirty-minute version of itself or whatever. Um. So I don't know. I, I yeah. I I in yeah. I, I think the, the only other thing. Oh yeah, yeah, respond to that, and then I have like one.
0: one. Well, I, first of all, I just want to thank you, Nicole, for bringing that up because I think I started to say that about about Tim, <laughs> about his feedback, and then I got myself on a tangent. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that that is definitely um oh, you know, yeah. like bringing in the uh uh the perspective of the two of you, and and when Julia says things like, um. You know, Hallie, Hallie walked in like a badass in her jean jacket and she was everything my eight year old self wanted to be like. There's a lot of that in part one Um, and it's there throughout each each part, but it kind of um, decreases throughout the show. And um, I think that if we had a mission statement that was something additional to we deeper than I, I love. I love the game of 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 the Parent Trap is as epic as Lord of the Rings, um. And I think that we, one hundred percent of that, you know, I think we nailed it. Yeah. Uh, we really elevated the story. We embellished it to, uh, to the most of your perspective and what it meant to you and as, as a piece of storytelling. But um, yeah, I I think I think. Finding places to add more in about about how it how it like kind of shaped your view as uh young girls coming up and and whatever it is like whatever st- has stuck with you so long, finding ways to keep that in the heart of the telling would be ideal. I will I will say two the two parts that I'm most proud of in the show that really. Uh, kind of hammer home how well we did it for the version that it is, or or in the direction that it, that it went. The w- the ring moment when um, my favorite part, uh, Meredith throws the ring on and bounces off Nick's head, lands in uh Hallie's hand, and then it, go- it goes 100% Lord of the Rings world for the for the first time in the show. Is is 100% Lord of the Rings, and you reenact the scene. <laughs> where Sam tries to uh, shout at Frodo to throw the ring in the uh, fires of Mordor. That's one of the consistently biggest laughs, biggest pay, payoffs of the show. Um, and, and then the, the other part on the other end of the spectrum is the, uh, the seller scene where mm. you do have like an honestly, uh, an honest and well-acted sentimental moment of a scene uh between the mom and dad character and the uh, sell, wine cellar. And you ha- you share a, gl- a glass of wine <laughs> that they drank at their wedding is the scene. And, um, and then the line after you cheers and, and drink and it's like this silent moment in the show and then the line after it is, it tasted like a strong marriage. <laughs> 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 um, and just that, those two moments... The ring the Lord of the Rings ring moment and the uh wine cellar scene. I think we I think I'm really just proud of the way that, that we maxed out the um the style there. Like you got this really heartfelt moment that leads to a laugh, and you got this really transformative genre moment snapping from Parent traps to Lord of the Rings, and and both of those things really paid off, I think, to their fullest. Totally. Those are
2: such good acting learning moments. Um like you directing James, I remember when we did the wine cellar scene, like you told us to pull from like our real life experiences and like thinking about like past breakups or just like those moments where you feel that emotion that they're feeling in that scene. And that I always remember, like I almost like Mark to like bring myself to that place in, and I like truly get like teary eyed and like for the rain moment, I remember I visualized fire around me. Like I, it was such a cool acting learning in those specific spots too. Like I remember I Mark, like you visualize the fire, you visualize you're in that scene. Like you're out of that's where you are. And like, that was very cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, is like the, those moments being so special are, are like, are like, um, I would want that to stay the same, not exactly those moments, but to, but to have a mission statement that we need those moments Got that it. are like, this is not, neither one of those are, are funny on paper. Mm-hmm. You You don't write that, read it and laugh. It is the payoff of the context of the show. Um, overlapped into a moment and 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 so to aim at those moments one that 's that 's highly stylized um, like genre play and one or or like form basically, and one that is like emotionally rooted and acting driven like I, I would want that to stay the same as a goal of the show. The other thing that I would change um, is just that improv side of things i I, th- I think that having uh, more moments to to improvise with each other built into it and, and even like to talk to the audience to ask a quick question or give a nod to get a reaction out of the audience um i think would be, would would be really helpful to just keep the energy alive and also keep, um if we are going to end up with a lighthouse is that like give you control over setting the tone in the room regardless of the size of the audience or mm-hmm. the or the familiarity of the space um and like you said Nicole like like i think that that just uh, gives you the opportunity to, or, or, or the, um, it gives you the, uh, the belief and the, the like, courage of, no matter what we do, we can go off and come back on track.
2: That's totally. such, it's such a power. Like it is a confidence thing too. How we performed it, we stared in people's eyes, we looked at them in the eyes, and like, I think we leaned into that more too later on, like the clowning aspect of it, like Mm -hmm. being like, Oh, cheer, cheer. Or like, stop, don't (laughs) clap. Like that control or like that confidence and like saying like, we are setting the tone no matter what is happening right now is such a cool element. And I think that would have been cool to like lean into more. And like, in the beginning is like the clowning aspect or like, you know, like, oh, we're gonna like decide to like literally talk to this person about like, yeah, like, have you ever had this happen to you? Like, <laughs> like have them respond. They're yeah. like, like leaning into that because it definitely <laughs> lended itself to that.
0: Yeah, or even just to be like, I, I have, even have an idea right now of just being like, like in a small ish audience, um, just to point at people and be like, have you seen this movie? Have you? What about Lord of the Rings? Have you seen that? Okay, all right, all right, yeah. <laughs> just, just to like get that that opening um connection with the audience because again just just like the um risk of as a performer having such a meticulously rehearsed uh show feel mechanical or on autopilot you can have that even if you're way into it you can have that same disconnect with the audience where they don't feel along for the ride so find finding those ways to to tap into them um would would be great too. And, and and yes, we did start toying around with it a little bit um yeah. before we hung it up uh for the time being.
1: Completely agree. Those clou- clown moments where we're allowed to be like, you haven't seen it? Then you should actually leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you actually can't watch this then.
0: <laughs> yeah. <We're learning laughs> or whatever.
1: <laughs> and then being able to like snap back into it. I I completely agree. I think that like that would allow us to like control, you know, whatever whatever it, it is and take it to like the next level, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Uh,
2: I wish performed it in California for Lisa Ann. I have major regrets. Me too. Cause she said she would have like, she would have produced I, it. Yeah. Like she, I think she said she would have hosted or I don't know if we were going to oh, live. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And because they, Elaine And Lisa Ann, and also the rest of the cast is, like, so nostalgic for, like, they had a reunion recently. I just feel like we could have continued to, like, um, show the rest of the cast of the movie. (laughs) Honestly, I think we still could.
1: I I honestly think that it's something that we could do at, like, Second City or or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you that that is, like, if we would have been able to make that work, I think, like, that could have been cool but
2: maybe someday yeah, it's not yeah. too late but that was something i wish yeah uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: artistic goals honestly I, I one of the things i was gonna say was like
1: tr- uh tra- travel it or tour it around a little bit but i mean we had yeah. been talking about it like just let's go do it places but um
0: yeah and i i think that um Maybe that's what I would have done too is actually instead of trying to produce it at a bunch of theaters in the city, one of the things that worked for the elastic time cannon actually was, was actually to go to a couple places outside of the city. And you get this kind of like people like, like, Oh, there's a team in here from New York, you know, whatever, whatever that um, association is for people uh, that makes it seem cool. Um, You can kind of, take advantage of that so to speak uh and i think that we could have done that for for this show too it's 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 exactly like those optics of social media right where where it's like people see the elaine thing and are like wow but nobody really sees the um three audience member nights and it's like it's the same thing i think when you go from new york to and and try to put it up at a theater uh regionally outside the city that people like this 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 uh this show's from new york Little do they know, yeah. you know what I mean? Totally, <laughs> so,
1: totally. And, and,
0: but then what happens is then you're like, oh, we just got back from a tour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it might actually be a better way to like build an audience uh, is is to is to travel out a little bit more. Would be uh, definitely something that I agree would be fun to do.
2: Yeah, it's like they say when you need to get promoted for a job, leave the place that you're working and then get promoted somewhere else. I felt like we needed the right pair of eyes. I think that was, like, one of, like, the frustrating – or not frustrating things, but, like, at home, everyone knew us. So it was, like, obviously they were going to hear about the show and come to the show. In New York, our, like, community of friends came many times. Love you guys. Um, but I just think it was, like – and then, like, there were times where, like, out-of-towners, like, happenstanced upon it because it wasn't, like, the theaters marketing our show for us or giving us um, ideal – Show times, sometimes, you know, like that was part of it. Too.
0: You got to start at 11 p.m. or, or like yeah. 6 p.m. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like on a school night, like you, you want to come. So like when those moments happened, I feel like we got such great feedback from like people. So it was just like being able to get those eyes on it somehow or get that. So maybe, yeah, going, doing a tour or something would have helped that. But
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, this has been such a great conversation. Um, anything that either of you want to plug uh, aside from Parent Trap?
2: <laughs> watch the movie; it's streaming on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Also, I own it on Amazon
2: Prime. So you could come yeah. over and watch it. Um, we have it on DVD. Just follow us on
1: social social media.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there are uh, Parent Trap trilogy. Uh, social media accounts, and then also if you're meaning Julia and Nicole, uh, follow them individually. Um, yeah, We'll include all those links. Um, awesome. This has been so great. I'm glad that we uh, took the time to really unpack it because it's a show that's been part of all of our lives for a good five years now. So, <laughs> totally. Uh, I, I think that we, uh, we did what we needed to do. Uh, if anybody's been watching the entire time, we love Bless you. you. Um, and uh, uh, I will I'll just just in closing, um, uh, improv FAQ. You can find on YouTube and Facebook. That's where you're watching it now. We are also a podcast, and the most current stuff is going to be uh, generally on YouTube. The most current and complete library of improv FAQ content. Um, but you, uh, most of what we have at least recently is on Facebook, and then we are also just getting caught up and current with the podcast releases. Uh, the live episodes um, are the ones. That are uh, kind of behind schedule, but everything else uh, you can find on the podcast Improv FAQ at length. Um, great, Nicole. I, Julia, go
2: ahead. Can I say it? one thing? I wouldn't change a thing. Also, because it, I learned so much from the show, and I wouldn't be in this hot apartment in New York probably without the show. I don't know. Yeah. It, every single choice we made yeah. led us to where we are now, and a lot happened from that show created me as the performer I am now and, like, what I learned and created the bond and family ship that we have. Same yesterday.
1: same here. This was a very unique experience and one that will uh, transcend all of our lives, our performing careers, I think, and then also um, has allowed us to do everything we've been doing uh, now, uh, for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
0: There's a lot of really great things about this show. Uh, And and I think if nothing else, if you work on a project of passion like this and it allows you to find your people, then you have gotten more than... more, more than than any show uh, can, can give you uh, on, on the page or on a stage is the people that you work with uh, totally. off stage um, love you guys and you. we will catch you next time on improv FAQ at length bye, bye. bye. thanks for having us thanks for having us